Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Monday on Fantasy Sports. Today, as we start, we have to look back at the life and career of Kobe Bryant. How we move forward from one of the biggest tragedies in the history of sports. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Sean Guastamaki, of course, our producer every day, noon to 2 Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Plenty of fantasy baseball to get to a little bit later in the show, and we will cover it all. But uh, before we do that, of course, we start off the way that most shows, uh, both news and sports all around the country, are today. Very, very hard to focus on uh, on anything else, given the nature of what happened yesterday, Joe, tr- truthfully, one of those uh, moments you'll never forget as long as you live where you were, where you heard about it, uh, an absolute tragedy, maybe the biggest tragedy uh, in the history of sports, potentially with Kobe Bryant uh, perishing in a uh, helicopter accident yesterday, along with his daughter and uh, nine people in total. And, you know, as the stories come out uh, and they have come out, we're probably going to be focusing more on this, I would think, over the next couple of days. It's amazing that the uh, Super Bowl here is in South Florida. You wouldn't even know it based on the news that uh, that happened yesterday. Oh, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, ironically, uh, in the wake of all this news, uh, I heard about it. Uh, I had just gotten home from basketball with my daughter. Uh, she, I'm one of the assistant coaches on her basketball team. She's seven years old. So we were in the gym when this news broke. Didn't know it was happening. Came home. We were getting changed to go out to dinner with my dad for his birthday. And I look at my phone and there there you have it. And I, <clears throat> I can't believe it. It's just kind of shocked about um, when something like this happens. Um, we've seen players, you know, Thurman Munson while he was playing, you know, a guy in his prime uh, in a similar situation. That was <clears throat> obviously before social media and before, you know, that sort of thing. But that was, I, I think, the closest equivalent in terms of like the shock of it. I think more of the shock because he was still an active player, but this certainly is, is a legendary player. And also because the night before LeBron James passing him on the all-time scoring list and just sort of him being right there in the public eye one minute and the next minute gone. And it's just, uh, it's awful news for obviously his family first and foremost um, to lose a child is, is even worse than so the, the impact of that on his uh, his wife and the siblings, that is, that is a terrible thing. It's terrible to lose a father. It's terrible for the other people in this as well, not to get lost in the shuffle because Kobe Bryant happens to be very famous, um, a pretty young baseball coach and uh, some other folks there, you know, who um, and their children gone. And that is uh, it's just awful. It's just an awful story. It's horrible all the way around. It's shocking. It's all of those things. And Kobe Bryant was 
you know, certainly not, um, you know, the perfect there's no perfect person. There's no perfect anything. Everyone's, you know, made mistakes. Everyone has had issues and he was not without his scandals uh, as well. And also without some other issues that followed him around. But uh, I think when you look back at him as a player, you look back at one of the great NBA players of all time, you could certainly argue, if not pretty much just lock it in that in his era of basketball, it's him and LeBron in this era right now and you know it almost feels to me i don't know if you feel like this too whenever we start talking now about at this very moment about where he is historically and all these things like that it just kind of feels empty it just doesn't feel like a good conversation to have because it's really just not important because what happens is you lose uh you know a father a husband uh, a friend to a lot of people a son uh, to his, you know, to his parents, it's just, um, it's a horrible day. It was a horrible thing to to see, and um, I don't know, Craig. Do you feel like any discussion where you talk about his, I, I don't know, his achievements is almost kind of hollow in a way? Yeah, I, I think that for the most part, the the important thing for me is to you know recognize, especially the fact that he's a father, and certainly the wife lost a husband and and lost one of her kids. But to see the reaction always on social media is a pretty good indicator to me about a person because it seemed to me that virtually whoever you were in sports over the last 24 hours, uh, Kobe Bryant has made some sort of impact on them. I mean, universally. I mean, you're talking about uh, from Michael Jordan to Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, and, and not only that, doing it on social media in a place where you look and and someone is is mentioning something about Kobe Bryant, and then you look at when the last time they tweeted anything, and it's like maybe a year or two, you know, like it's that kind of impact where people have been uh, making it a point to make sure that they have said something for sure. And so, you know, it's important, I think, you know, also to to share you know personal memories of that, and so how it is affected, and certainly. Uh, I've had a chance to interview Kobe Bryant before. I did not know him personally, so I can't, you know, pretend to say that. But the impact for me is that when when he's in his heyday, and of course, and when he is playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, is at a time where I was also covering the NBA and covering the Miami Heat, and the Heat had a run where they won a championship with Shaq, and uh, you know, moving over to the Lakers and and joining Dwayne Wade but before that was really when uh Kobe was was winning those championships with Shaq and that was very similar to uh, when LeBron James came into the league in Cleveland like it was a must see game when the Lakers came to Miami those were the tickets that you couldn't get that that was always the game on the schedule where if I'm covering the Miami Heat I want to make sure I'm at that game because that's always going to be the key game on the schedule that you want to have tickets to similar to uh, when I covered Michael Jordan and when I covered uh, very briefly Larry Bird and Magic Johnson as a kid going to those games too, making sure I had my tickets for those games. And so that's where it kind of transcends for me a little bit because it's very rare in any sport right now uh, that you want to make sure that you get to a game because of an individual player because you want to see them. And I, and I don't think that really almost even exists anymore unless you're specifically a fan of the team. And so that's kind of where it stands for me with that too. Is just thinking back and re- remembering when the Heat schedule would come out, I would say, okay, well, this is a game that I uh, want to get to. You know, Golden State was like that for a couple of years, too. You wanted to see the Warriors play championships. But certainly a lot of um, memories with Kobe Bryant. We'll uh, get to it all. We're covering it all day long here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network over on Sports Grid as well. Plenty of discussion. And as I said, it is the week of the Super Bowl. 
So for sure, we will dive into some Super Bowl props. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some fantasy uh, baseball as well. But make no mistake about it with the kind of impact that this player had on the history of game and the history of sports. Uh, you know, I, I mean, in looking at the Miami stations, the way that they covered this last night, there was like not even a mention of the Chiefs arriving or the 49ers arriving. And my guess is this is going to take a couple of days for it to get back to uh, normal a little bit. So uh, either way, I want to make sure that you understand that that's what we're covering here on the show today. This is Fantasy Sports Today and our tribute to Kobe Bryant, who passed away at the age of 41, along with his daughter and several others uh, on a plane yesterday. I don't want to lose sight of them as well. Fantasy Sports Today's opening drive is next. We'll be right back here. Frank and Joe, don't go away. To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. And this is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today for this January 27th, 2020. With the Major League Baseball and fantasy season fast approaching and the Super Bowl on Sunday, you would have thought that that's what we would be focused in on today. I mean, we are less than a week away now from kickoff here in South Florida. But yesterday was arguably, and, and even today, the one of the most tragic days in the history of sports as we've lost arguably one of the greatest players in the NBA and Kobe Bryant, a father of four, uh, passed away in a helicopter crash yesterday i'm sure that you knew everybody in the world uh, knows at this point really transcending sports transcending life and uh and joey really a, a story as i mentioned earlier there are different times in life where you remember where you were you'll always remember that you were at a uh a, a basketball game where you left a basketball game with your daughter and and for me it was it was a similar situation i was practicing uh, we have literally tryouts tonight so i was practicing with my son and then i told him if he had a good practice we'd go over and get a snow cone and the guy at the snow cone, uh, you know, told me, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? And I said, yeah, last night, uh, LeBron James passed him on the all-time list. <laughs> that's what I said right back right, to him. Yeah, he's, sure. he's, he's, that's what I thought. I mean, and I'm like, okay. And so um, he's like, no, he passed away in a, in a helicopter crash. I'm like, what? You know, normally I'm the one that's telling other people these sort of things. But <laughs> it was like the snow cone guy got you on the scoop. He's, he's got more connections, I guess. Right? I was like, <laughs> what? And so immediately I pop up my phone and I look at Twitter and it's very early. Like, I mean, it must, And that's the danger, right? Here. Because, you know, we've seen things trend in the past. And, you know, whenever you see an RIP or whatever, you know, it's it's like, wait, OK, it's terrible. But I feel like everyone's initial reaction is like, all right, this isn't true. It's a hoax because we've seen a lot of that before. And that's kind of the danger of the Internet. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I think that this is absolutely 
And unfortunately, one of those moments where we'll always uh, remember where we were. I think historically, uh, 9-11 is the one that I think comes to mind for most people because that was you know, the most tragic day in the history of the country. No question about that. And then as far as sports is concerned, uh, I mean, this is this has got to be number one, I would think, unfortunately, all time. And so rest in peace, certainly to uh, Kobe and his family and the other families who were involved in this. And in the days to come, I'm sure this is not going to get any better. There's going to be a funeral and, and uh, a very sad state of affairs as to what will continue. Uh, yesterday, Joe, uh, as we moved to second down, um, an interesting decision is the NBA decided to play their games yesterday. Some people were chiming in saying that they shouldn't have played them. I, I think it actually worked out okay for them playing in the games. Uh, all of the NBA games that were played, the teams ran down individually the 24-second clock twice, which certainly was as nice as a tribute as you could ever see to an NBA player. You saw a lot of players, of course, crying on the court. Kyrie Irving decided not to play in his game yesterday, but that's, uh, I mean, it was a very heartfelt moment, and this could have gone a number of different ways, especially with these players having to play just after hearing about this. Vince Carter, some other players who played with Kobe Bryant too. Uh, but Joe, a really nice tribute, at least uh, for those players who did have to play on the court yesterday. Yeah, I, I did not think they should cancel games. I mean, especially because so many of the games are in the afternoon and most people are already en route and the people there are already working. So it was a different. It would have been a very difficult thing for them to do. You know, I mean, most NBA Sundays are afternoon games for the most part. So they were in progress practically in every sense of the word. The teams have already traveled. It would have been a very difficult thing to do. And, and I don't think a necessary one. I think the best thing to do is to celebrate the star in the element of the game, even though despite how fresh it was, and it was obviously very clearly fresh for everybody and uh, certainly very fresh for those of uh, the people who are playing in the league still or, or working in the league that he was close with or had good relationships with. And, you know, something you mentioned in the first segment, I think is very true, is the star power of Kobe Bryant's very transcendent. You know, you don't have to be a big time sports fan or necessarily a big time even NBA fan to know, you know, somebody says Kobe, you, you know, you know, from the commercials, you know, from, you know, just his star power. And he is one of those transcendent athletes. And in basketball, you know, because, they, you know, they don't wear hats, they don't wear helmets, you know, you know their face, you know the emotions of it. It's, it's a little bit different of a situation. I think there's something about that which is unique to basketball uh, more than any other sport is you really see the, the person. Um, but yeah, it's um, I thought the 24 second thing was great. I thought that was a terrific tribute. I think when you're also talking about the impact they've lost, the NBA has lost Kobe Bryant and David Stern. And, and I think those are two of the most monumental figures in the NBA in the last 25 years <laughs> and, I, and to lose them on the heels of each other too, I think is a huge blow to the NBA just from a, I don't know, just from a, the perspective of, of what the game is and, and to lose Kobe Bryant so young at 41 years old when he could have had so much more. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think the tribute's really nice. And I thought, um, was it Trey Young also with the half court shot there? I don't know if you saw that one too. That was a nice tribute there. So there's, there, there were a lot of good things last night, a lot of good moments. And I'm glad they played the games. I think it was the right thing to do under the circumstance. Yeah, Trey Young actually, uh, wore number eight jersey in the first half of that game and then switched to 11 in the second half and had um and that's the thing the right these kids who are playing now that like that was their guy you know so the kids who are playing right now in the nba the kids who are 22 23 years old they grew up idolizing kobe you know that that's you know that's that's an incredible thing and and i think that you felt that in the league yesterday and i'm sure you're gonna feel it for quite a while as this continues to go on yeah uh all right over to third down here i guess the question is should the entire uh, nba retire number 24 the dallas mavericks owner mark cuban came out yesterday and said that he is going to do that. Um, I don't believe Michael Jordan's 23 is retired. And so obviously it begs the question of because of the nature as to how Kobe Bryant passed and the fact that so many of these players, as you mentioned in the NBA right now, this was who they followed, unlike 20 years ago where it was Michael Jordan. Is this something that you think is going to happen or should happen? I thought Cuban made a nice gesture. I, I don't know. I, it's, uh, I, I suppose it could very easily happen and the NBA could do it. It would be a nice memoriam to him. Uh, but it also would beg the question separately about some of the other great players in the NBA as well. 
Yeah, I, I have a I think it's a lovely gesture. I think the sentiment is is heartfelt and real. And Cuban probably had a good relationship with Kobe. I mean, you know, Kobe was in the business world and Cuban was in the business world. And I think that um, it's it's a nice gesture. It's a nice sentiment. I don't like the idea personally. Um, the only number in sports that's retired all throughout is 42 Jackie Robinson in baseball. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. I mean, teams have retired individually. No, no, no teams, but I'm talking about league wide, you know. I mean, the team, obviously, I mean, the Lakers were never going to not retire Kobe Bryant. I don't, number, I don't right? know it, of another number. Yeah, right. It's only Jackie Robinson. And I think the reason for that is because we're talking about something monumental, earth shattering for the world. That was in it. That was not that was a transcendent moment in sports. And although Kobe Bryant transcended basketball in a lot of ways, I don't think that retiring his number through the league is the proper thing. I think you let them do it if you want to rename the all star game, you know, the Kobe Bryant all star game or, you know, do something like that. But I don't think retiring a number for every organization is I don't I don't think it's a necessary. I don't want to say appropriate because that's that's not really the right word. But I don't think I don't think it's necessary. I think the gesture is lovely. I think it's a very nice thing. The sentiment, I'm sure, is real. But I don't think that, you know, because then what happens if another tragedy happens? And then he wasn't a great player. So so his life is as important because Kobe Bryant was really good at basketball. You know what I mean? I mean, we've had some great young talent who never, you know, Reggie Lewis was a great talent who died suddenly. And. You know, it's very difficult. Where do we draw the line? I understand career-wise, you know, you can't compare Reggie Lewis to to Kobe Bryant. So I just think it's a slippery slope. So I think you you do a gesture on a league-wide stance, rename the All-Star game, something to that effect. You want to call a trophy in the West, the, you know, the Kobe Bryant trophy, right? I don't know if the, do they have names for the championships in the West and the in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, football does, but I'm, I'm trying to think of it. I don't remember they may, that. They may, they may. I'm not sure. If they don't, then name that after him. Now that's 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 a nice celebratory thing. And, it, and a player who won a ton and has championships and had so many playoff wins and and all that 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 I think is the right gesture. But to retire the number league wide, I just think is um, that's an I, individual I just like choice. Like the Miami Heat retired uh, Michael Jordan's number. So I mean, listen, did they really? Yeah, yeah. Why? They just chose to. Uh, I, I think that's weird. I, I just that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't they, understand. They, they Organizationally, of, some people didn't like it either, but that's what they did. It. Yeah. Um, all right, and on uh, fourth down here, it's, it's it's sad to even have to bring this up, but the reality of the situation is, and I'm in the the news breaking business as well. Yeah, you and the snow cone guy. But, I mean, my gosh, I mean, this is where Twitter becomes a major problem where um, and TV, by the way, too, where you have a TV reporter saying all of his daughters perished. You have uh, Twitter saying that Rick Fox was on the plane or on the on the uh, helicopter. I I mean, I mean, this is something that's never going to change because everybody wants to be first. But there is responsibility with that. I I mean, unfortunately, it's a lot of yelling and noise. I don't think anything changes. I think we're going to see a lot more of this in the future, too. I think nothing changes from this. No, I, I don't even know if it's ever changed. I feel like this has always been. It's just magnified on a greater scale because of the fact that everybody has access, can get onto Twitter and say something or get onto social media or YouTube or something and put a video up and post it. And I think that's that's the magnification of an awful thing, which is you're right, the race to be first instead of the race to be right. And I think in sports journalism, you have, especially in these moments, you have some you have to have some sort of responsibility to be right first and foremost i mean it doesn't first who cares like is anybody not going to a different news outlet today to read about kobe bryant i mean why do you have to be first and be wrong and be embarrassing and also bad job too because apparently his i don't know if this is true or not but can you verify that his wife found out the same way most people did like they they didn't yeah TMZ I, was no ahead of the that's what the, the police the sheriff's department oh that's, that's what the police did but we don't know that for sure so we're, let's not speculate well if that that's yet. the case that's horrendous on tmz to another place that's always out there trying to be first instead of trying to do the right thing yeah but that's that's what they do you know, i know the, the credibility for for them being but i don't have to like it no of course that's just the way that we're, <laughs> we're headed all right uh coming up next we'll get into uh, some other topics uh fantasy baseball discussion and a whole lot more as fantasy sports today returns after this
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. Listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500, and here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet. DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users who get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older and be in New Jersey to take advantage of DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, well... We'll get back to some conversations about Kobe Bryant. And just to be you know, crystal clear on the show here, this uh, entire operation, Sports Grid, FNTSY, we're all in mourning over this. And certainly we're going to continue to focus on it throughout the day. Uh, on demand, you can go back and listen to our first segments, uh, first and second segment of this show. Right at noon Eastern at the top, we talked about it. We will continue to talk about it. But there are uh, other things to discuss here in sports too. And I know that some of you uh, certainly have other interests. But if I had to guess... This will be the the topic of discussion in sports for the next day or so, at least. Um, Super Bowl, Radio Row, all those things are kind of on hold, it looks like now, as uh, the focus is on this, as it should be. I mean, you're talking about the uh, biggest sports story in general uh, in a decade, at least. So, I mean, you could make the argument Kobe Bryant is probably, I mean, let, let's say like the last 20 years, right? I mean, he played for 20 years. He came in the league when he was 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And outside of Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Kobe Bryant. I'm trying to think who's more recognizable in the last 20 years in sports than those guys. Shaquille O'Neal. You know, I mean, the, the, he's he's in that pantheon of athletes that everyone knows, even the casual sports fan or the non-sports fan. Yeah, for sure. And that is that is a that's rarefied air, right? I mean, could I mean, who yeah. else would you put in that in that conversation? In baseball, it's kind of hard. I mean, Derek Jeter, I guess, right? I think yeah. Jeter's transcendent. He's yeah. a you know, New York player, media, and stuff I like mean, that. And look, the, the idea is, you know, to me, it's I know it's maybe simple, but it's uh, it goes beyond it, too, is that when you can identify uh, a player by just one name, like you pretty right. much know that. that yeah, yeah. Right. So Shaq. Um, <laughs> yeah. LeBron. I mean, all, yeah. all those guys. That's, that's, yeah. that's everyone knows who it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that. You know, I'm, I well, helped on, that his I, name I, wasn't Steve either. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. you know, like that's, uh, you know, that's your name true, is Kobe. It's not, no, that's true, you know, but, we're Shaq. Yeah, but Michael, everyone went by Michael. But I think with Jordan, but I, I think that it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to me to see the kind of coverage that happens at the Super Bowl. Now, I think that by the time that we get to Wednesday or Thursday, you know, some of this will have at least uh, gone away to a degree. Then you're going to have, of course, ceremonies and funerals. But um you know, Shaq's supposed to have a big party here this weekend, too. I would guess that's not happening, or maybe it is. I I mean, I don't, I don't even know how they're going to handle this, but... How did uh, they end up, the two of them? I mean, we all know they have very a good. in there. Very they good. ended up all right, right? Like yeah, they, very good. They came yeah, back they, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shaq's son posted uh, text messages from Kobe Bryant yesterday in the morning before the crash. So, yeah, they were t- they talked in the morning yesterday. So, uh, clearly, you know, that's I, I think that's, you know, they're cool now. But, yeah, there was a period of time that... That they didn't get along. But, and there was um, a period of time, too, where a lot, you know, it's funny. It, 
we always remember the the latest impact of stuff, but you know, dialing back Kobe's career, you know, those that time where he played with Shaq in that era, the the moniker was then hung on Kobe. Well, he never won without Shaq until he won without Shaq twice. Yeah, and I and I, but we we all people forget that that was a huge sports narrative for a while that he overcame, and that was one of the big things. I think that's one of those things that made took him from great player to legendary player. You know, and I and I, it's just funny to me how some of these things get forgotten or lost in the shuffle of time because you remember the late the last thing you remember you know wasn't it the huge night in the garden he had to not that long ago towards the end of his career right the last night he played in the garden didn't he put up 50 points or some kind of 60 some some ridiculous thing i seem to remember that and i was not a big basketball guy he had an 81 point game that was Was that i think it was at madison square garden right i don't know i don't know where it was but he had an 81 point game yeah that was that was the biggest one but yeah i mean you think about it michael jordan with six championships kobe bryant had five so, I mean, he's I mean, in terms of winners, all time winners, he's he's up there, which is why it's just it's just staggering to me to he put it up to, in the Raptors. Yeah. Against the Raptors in 06. That's what it was. I seem to be having a great finish in the garden, too, because, you know, the garden's one of those storied places, you know? Yeah, I don't recall it, but it could have happened for sure. I mean, I just don't I don't recall that happening. Um, OK, so, again, we'll continue to cover the story and, and cover it tomorrow. I'm sure there'll be more to this. And certainly as they start getting the reports of what actually happened to the helicopter, right, we're definitely not speculating on that. So uh, as that comes in, we'll start to dive in more deeply uh, to that, too. And um, and then we're headed toward a very somber funeral, no doubt, which I'm guessing will be later this week. OK, so uh, baseball news from the weekend. Um, the Marlins uh, have a closer. They signed Brandon Kinsler to a one year contract. They also last night signed uh, Matt Joyce. That's, that's you know, meaningless uh, sort of signing, but important for their bench, but not really for fantasy. Uh, the Reds, according to reports, are after Nick Castellanos. Castellanos is really the best player left that has yet to sign. But this is the the Boris way here where uh, he's going to stretch this thing right to the end. He's not going to let him sign early for any any discount. And I think he's going to get paid fine and he'll wait. Uh, so we'll start off with those two stories. Uh, now we know who will get the saves in Miami, Joe, at least through the All-Star break, because I would guess that if Miami's out of it, they'll try and trade Kinsler. Um, but what do you make of this? Yeah, I'm glad we went back to this because I was worried for a second you were going to uh, to jet right past the Kinsler sign because I said, hey, wait a minute, this is this is pretty fantasy relevant news. It's kind of might get very well lost in the shuffle for a lot of folks, but Kinsler, uh, I think is a, is a really nice signing for them, especially if he does pitch well and he's coming off a pretty decent year. You would imagine he does have some trade value last year. He appeared in 62 games for the Cubs. He had 17 holds, which you don't think too much of, but he had 48 strikeouts and 57 innings, not the greatest put him away rate, but the whip was one Oh two ERA was a two, six, eight. Uh, Kinsler has been around the block. I mean, he's no spring chicken. That's for sure. He's pitched in the league since 2010 came up with the, uh, Milwaukee Brewers. But, um, I think this is a guy too, that you could say is a pretty reliable arm. And I think the way he fits in potentially to this bullpen is very important too, because I would imagine at this point, right. He goes, unless you know something I don't, does he go, he goes immediately to the top of that. Uh, he's the closer, correct? Like that. There's no dispute about that. Am I correct in saying this? Yes, I think you are. I mean, that's, that's part of it. I mean, I don't want to assume, but like, I think you know better than I, cause you're Mr. Marlins, right? We can say lock him in and say, like you said, for the first half, he's the ninth inning guy. There's no, you know, it's not Urena necessarily, even though he finished up in that role. It's not strong. No, is it? No. Okay. Strobe. No, he's not a strobe. Cause I know they were looking for, you know, no, 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 interest not, in him too. No, that's it. Okay. So, so Urena is the, you know, is the other guy in that stable. Uh, no, so it's not, it's not rain. It's not a rain. Yeah. Rain. won't even be on the Marlins. Okay. 
Because he's yeah. on roster resource there right now still. I mean, maybe it's because it's fresh because of Kinsler signing. So. No, he's, he's he's on the roster as of now. But you know, when, okay. opening, when opening day comes, he's either going to be somewhere else or he'll be a starter. He's, they have no interest in using him at all. Okay. Well, then Kinsler it is, boys and girls. And uh, there you go. There's some cheap Panic is the only him. other one that would be, yeah. you know, if you're looking for like the hand, the uh, handcuff there. But Okay. Uh, and uh, and look, as far as Cassianos goes, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit on this show. Cassianos with the Cubs last year. 51 games at a thousand OPS at 321 found himself in a great spot. If he stays in that division and goes to Cincinnati, it's a fantastic move for the Reds. The Reds, I think, do need one more bat because as we talked about last week, I do not buy into a Joey Votto resurgence. I bought into it last year and I still have the uh, the tire tracks all over me from it. And it was brutal. But at the same time, I think it does have a, a big negative effect because you got Akiyama there. You got Castellanos there. And now you've got another sp- potential spot where you're you're squeezing another outfielder so you have Arrestes Sakito you have Nick Senzel you have Jesse Winker and somebody's getting moved you know I don't know who it's going to be or how that's going to work out and it's starting to feel like the Reds are souring on Senzel does, does that feel like it feels like they've he was their guy I was a big fan I thought he was the most advanced college bat in that class I was very excited about him he was a guy I thought was gonna be a fast track major leaguer we got to a point there where he had a lot of injuries he did have some really good moments in the minor leagues but the injuries really have held back the development and it just hasn't happened on, on the major league level. Yeah. Position change more than once. I don't know. I feel like if you're a dynasty league owner of Senzel, this Cassianos news, if it happens, I think it's really difficult to swallow. Cause I think you're in a really bad spot because the value's an all time low. You guys hope he gets traded. Am I right? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so at all. Actually. I, I think they still covet Senzel um, very early on in his career last year, really the first season that he had a chance to play. Um, I, no, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't see it that way at all. Winker to me is more of the issue who can't hit lefties at all. No, well, he's no prize either. And I think that that is the guy that that I would be more concerned with because Winker's OBP is pretty solid and he's got good splits against righties. If they sign Castellanos, the other part of this too is this could be, uh, you know, when Votto's deal is done in a couple of years, they move him to first base. And also, there's this sentiment that in two years the DH will be there. So, um. You know, I don't. How see many it at years all. does Votto have at... left? Too. Uh, that's that's the other thing too. I think he's got a couple, right? Definitely two. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, check. definitely but, two. Yeah, I, I don't you see know, it Senzel... the same way at all. I, I think Senzel is, is very highly coveted by them. Um, the the player that they that they did not like as much that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they ended up trading. I got to check this, but I think they traded Taylor Trammell, Right, that was who they had in their system as their number one guy. They tried to trade him to Miami for a uh, real Muto. They would not give up Senzel for real Muto. So I, I still think that they have. Um, yeah, he's with the very, Padres right now. Tremel. Yeah, yeah. So I think they have very high hopes. I would not be sour at all on him. But we have to also see how this plays out, because honestly, uh, this is just a I feel like this is a throw something at the wall and see if it sticks deal, because there really hasn't been much else uh, to this one. So we'll see. I'm surprised that Castellanos is still floating out there. And I, I, th- he's a, I think he's a good hitter. I thought he was a good hitter in Detroit. I just think he needed more protection in the lineup. And he got the protection and boom, there he is. Big, you know, big finish to the season there for him. So I'm actually surprised that more teams haven't been more aggressive. I guess, is it because of the defensive side? Is that why? Because he's kind of. I'm sure that's part of it. And Boris, Boris sets his price and that's the end of it. Like, that's why he's so good. That's why, <laughs> that's why he now looks now for his 20 free agents. It feels like every year somebody gets, you know, it happens where somebody gets the shaft. It was Keiko last year. It was Mustakas two years ago. They had to sign one-year deals. But inevitably, Mustakas ended up getting paid a lot of money. Keiko ended up getting paid True. a lot of money. And so I think Castellanos, 
even if he doesn't get the contract that he wants this year, he could do the same thing as Ozuna. He could do a one-year deal and then go back on the market next year and end up getting a long-term deal. So all the players for Castellanos, I, I like if he goes back to Chicago. I like if he goes to the Reds. I like, I'm, I'm curious about Texas for sure. Yeah, um, he'll be fine. I don't feel there's any spot that we're, we're, we've been talking about where you kind of go, I really don't want to see him there. I think all the landing spots are pretty good and all of them have pretty good impact on him to carry over some of the success he had at least at the end of last year. Yeah, not, I'm not concerned at all with him. Look, Reds is a possibility. I think we have to explore that. But as as doing reporting as I have through many years, I can tell you that when somebody throws a story out there and then you don't hear anything about it for like a day or two, then you have to question as to whether or not it's real or if this was just a rumor that had happened. So we'll see. Uh, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. We'll come back and discuss the top prospects list as MLB Pipeline uh, will release those over the weekend. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you until 2 o'clock Eastern. And then we turn it over to our friend Dr. Roto. He is uh, standing by 2 o'clock Eastern, I'm sure. Some uh, very emotional memories of of watching Kobe Bryant play. I know Dr. Roto, a big uh, NBA fan as well, has attended many NBA games. So he'll uh, be with you at 2 o'clock today. All of our coverage also over on the TV side on sportsgrid.com, fantasysportsnetwork.com. We're covering it all for you today here on this show. But uh, you want to go back and listen on demand? We've covered it a lot. We've had a lot of discussions. First half of the show will continue to discuss it as we pay tribute to one of the greatest players in a uh, in the history of the game and of course a father of uh, a four who lost his life incredible and sad story to come out of los angeles yesterday all right so uh, now we're getting closer to the baseball season and so naturally there's always going to be a player or two on a prospect list that people are going to get infatuated with i find it interesting that a lot of these teams are having their winter warm-ups so you're starting to see some comments as to who could start the season in the big leagues and who may not and uh, and boy, what an interesting comment I thought over the weekend. I'll start here where the White Sox had their fan fest or winter warm up, whatever you want to call it. And Eloy Jimenez of the Chicago White Sox said that Lewis Robert is the next Mike Trout. My gosh, what a high praise to put on Lewis Robert yesterday as uh, Robert checks in at number three on MLB Pipeline's top 100. Now, again, Fangraphs has theirs. Uh, Joe, I'm sure you have yours. Everybody has their opinion. And uh, Baseball America has their opinion, too. But we can at least dive into uh, MLB Pipelines, which has Wander Franco of the Rays first, Gavin Lux second, and Lewis Robert third. And I suppose the idea is that Robert's a potential 30-30 type player, and he's got the contract, so there's really no reason for him to be in the minors to start the season. A very intriguing fantasy player, to say the least, going into the year. Oh, he definitely is. Um, and I think because of the contract, you're going to see him start the season the way Aloy Jimenez did last year. And Aloy's no slouch either, let me tell you. Uh, I think when you see in four years the player that Aloy Jimenez is, and the fact that we've got Jimenez, we've got Juan Soto, we've got some players, Jordan Alvarez, who are <clears throat> all entering 
the major leagues kind of at the same time. And this is this is going to be a, a renaissance is also going to be the renaissance of and perhaps the greatest collection of Latin talent you will ever see in the major leagues. And we've seen a lot over the years. This is this is staggeringly good. Some of these players that you're seeing here and Robert certainly has that kind of appeal and he's going to have certainly the ability to have more counting stats and a lot of other rookies who come up, um, even the Joe Adele's of the world, who I think Adele might give you a little bit better quality of stats at some point in the year. But I think Robert's going to give you a higher number because he's going to be playing from day one. I think that's something to be very aware of and the value of Luis Robert. And you're right. He is that all around kind of player. There's still some issues. The strikeout rate needs, you know, a lot of work. And that's something that a lot of young players struggle with. But we've seen a lot of players who struggle with it get better. And he never has to be great. He doesn't have to become Todd Helton, who walks more than he strikes out. He just has to become somebody who doesn't hurt his team with the strikeouts to a significant place. And when a guy runs as well as he does, at least early in his career, that's going to help sustain some of the batting average a little bit, too, because he'll be able to leg out some infield hits and some things of that nature. And that's always a positive as well. But, you know, strikeouts are part of what Major League Baseball is. This is a a great list. And yeah, in the black book we do, we have 110 prospect profiles. And I want to remind everybody, too, the difference between what you're going to get on MLB.com, the difference between what you're going to get on Baseball America or any other spot. You know, they're they're talking about pure baseball stuff. In the black book, our 110 prospect profiles and rankings are about fantasy. They're fantasy centric. And I think that's what you're looking for and trying to distinguish the two and understanding that, you know, defense doesn't matter as much in fantasy. <laughs> we're looking for power. We're looking for speed. We're looking for pitchers who are going to have a good path to the major league. So I watched this special uh, over the weekend and uh, was actually doing some dynasty homework for my big dynasty draft coming up. So very excited about the prospect list and uh, some really great names here across the board. Yeah. And um, I think for, at least for this year, for 2020, Robert is probably among the top because you know that he's got a chance to start in the big leagues. As we move down the list, uh, Adley Rushman, who was just drafted last year by the Baltimore Orioles, I think certainly has a chance to be in the big leagues opening day 2021. I don't think we'll see him at all this year. And by the way, the Orioles probably not going to compete in 2021. So uh, no rush with him for sure. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is still the subject of a lot of trade rumors. He could be he checks in at number five on their top prospect list. And Gore, I would think, has a chance to pitch in the majors this year. They will be rushing players. They will be trying to win. Yeah. So I would think there's a chance for him. Joe Adele has a chance to, I think, be on the uh, Angels. I don't know about opening day because, you know, again, there's that there's always that idea that that teams are looking to with the service time, hold uh, players down. So we'll see on Joe Adele, maybe get some triple A time to start the year. He checks in at number six, Casey Mize at seven, no rush on Mize with the Tigers being not ready for uh, prime time, so to speak. And then number eight is Nate Pearson, who I think is going to pitch this year for the Toronto Blue Jays because their pitching staff just in general is, is much improved from where it was last year, but kind of weak. And Pearson looks like he's ready for the big leagues. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if they get some good, starts out of Ryu in the first half and Pearson joins this rotation at some point, you're in good shape here. I mean, you know, the the strikeout rates right there, he's got, you know, nine K per nine. That's where you want him. Uh, The hits per nine are in a good spot. He's tough to square up. That's what you're looking for. Um, Last year in triple A, only had the three starts. So I think what you're looking for is, you know, you want to get him a a good amount of work there in triple A and then be able to move him up. And if for people who don't think, you know, like, Oh, you're talking about prospects. How's as much as going to matter? I just play in redraft leagues. Well, here's how much it matters. Last year, in the top 50 prospects, these were the names that I think you would agree had an impact on 2019 fantasy baseball. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 
Fernando Tatis Jr., Eloy Jimenez, Victor Robles, Keston Hira, Mike Soroka, Chris Paddock, Alex Verdugo, Jordan Alvarez, and Pete Alonso. So tell me again how if you're just in a redraft league, like these names don't matter. Of course they do, and they're mattering more and more every year. Now, you could also say last year was just a great year. But on top of that, like we're looking at this and, and you got to know these names. You have to do your homework, not just in keeper leagues now, but we're talking redraft as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's how the game has changed significantly, I think, where and I've talked about this for many, many years, is that it's just different now. Players are coming up and they're just more prepared than ever, both yep. phys- physically and mentally. And the idea that a player comes up and he's going to struggle during his rookie season, of course, that's a possibility. But more often than not, what we're seeing are game-changing type players, players that come up and are automatically ready for the big leagues. Okay, uh, so moving on to uh, the rest of this list, at least at the top, Royce Lewis of the Twins, who really doesn't quite have a place to play right now with them. So my guess is 2021 for him, although he'd be ready to go when they would need him. Bobby Witt Jr. just drafted a couple of years ago by the Royals. No rushing him. No, he's a raw talent, so he still needs some work, but he's got a lot of raw skills. But it's the next guy on this list at 11 that I think has a real shot to be a stud. Yeah, Jared Kalenic of the of the uh, of the Mariners. um, I don't think he's going to play this year or I don't either be at the end. He might get a cup of coffee at the end or something like that. But man, a 904 OPS last year in the minor leagues for over uh, three levels combined. And that's what you love. You love the kids who are hitting each level. And then making a bump at each level. Now at Double A, he got a little tired in those last twenty-three games or so. He had two fifty-three, but he still slugged five forty-two. The guy's got power. The guy's got speed. He's he's going to start the year at Double A. He's going to end at Triple A. He'll probably get a cup of coffee, but this is probably a guy for twenty twenty-one. You're going to really now's the time to be buying in on him if you can, or if you're having first-year dynasty drafts. This is a name that I think in two years is going to be a starting outfielder, especially because the Mariners have to turn things over. And look, they've already shown with Evan White that they're willing to sign these guys, bring them up and use them right away and start that and continue that trend that's going on that the White Sox had last year and a couple other organizations. So that's also a very good sign from the Mariners as an organization that they're committed to the youth movement. And that means guys like Kalenic are going to get a shot sooner than later. Yeah, this year in particular, they're going to have several uh, first-year players playing a lot. You mentioned Evan White. I don't think Evan White's a, a good fantasy guy. I, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. And He's I a fantasy know. filler right now, but I think it's more speaking to the philosophical uh, place that they're in right now, which I think is the right place. Wouldn't you agree? Right. This is, yeah, this is well, where we're at. Well, you know? Shed Long is their opening day second baseman, right. and it's and that's it. I mean, they basically said D Gordon's a utility guy, so that's it. And then. Um, Kyle Lewis is their starting left fielder. I mean, they got rid of Domingo Santana, just dumped him. He's not even mm-hmm. on a team anymore. So you're going to have a minimum of three younger, if not rookies, starting for the Mariners opening day. I don't think that they're going to win a lot of games. In fact, I think they'll probably end up losing a lot of games. But they're definitely in a position in a couple of years to compete for sure. Uh, Jesus Lazardo checks in at 12. We know that he'll be in the rotation for the A's to start the season. No secret with him. Christian Pache has a lot of speed, can get on base. And hit for a decent average, although nowhere really to play him. My guess is either he plays with the uh, the Braves or as a trade candidate in July. He'll start the season in the minors. Uh, Joey Bart right now is being blocked by Buster Posey. This is probably the final year that will be the case. And then Posey will move over to first. Uh, we could see Joey Bart later this year. I think Posey inevitably moves, uh, like does a Mauer, moves over to first base very soon. I can see that happening. Uh, McKay, everybody knows from last year on Tampa Bay, pitcher, hitter. And then uh, Joe Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox will probably make his debut in 2021. No place for him to really play this coming year. Also a potential trade candidate if they would need to add something too with him. 
Yeah, that Abreu deal sort of. Yeah, here's the here's the thing. Be careful with that. Don't don't get too down on Vaughn as a prospect just because Abreu's blocking him. If you can hit, people are going to find a way to get you playing time, or you're going to find your way in another organization for playing time. Uh, as you go on in this list as well in the top twenty, Dylan Carlson, Julio Rodriguez, another one of these Mariners outfielders that has great potential. Forrest Whitley, who's had a couple down years here, very highly touted prospect. I think this is a big show me year. Michael Kopech being healthy, but I don't want to forget about Carter Keboom. Uh, I'm telling you, like, you know, you go back and you look at the minor league stats at Keyboom, they're all there. I think the opportunity is going to show itself early for him. If he has a great spring, it would not shock me to him for him to run away with his job. He's got to come out and hit right away, and I think he can. Uh, Dustin May has got an outstanding fastball. I think Matt Manning on the Tigers will actually make it to the big leagues quicker than Mize. I think they're just going to be a little bit more careful with Mize on that run. And Luis Patino, when you get to number 27, too, with the Padres, he has shown some electric stuff in the past. So he's a very exciting player, as is the Marlins' J.J. Blade. Now, do you think Blade can be one of these guys? It's going to be, you know, in this remake of the Marlins organization, is he going to hit, in your opinion, for what you've seen so far? And I don't mean hit like the baseball. I mean, is he going to be the prospect that they hope that they drafted him yeah, to be still, to be that kind of player? I mean, very early on, they just drafted him in June, but he'll, he'll get an opportunity to start in double A to start the season this year. And my guess is there's a chance you'd see him in September, but now that the rosters are not moving to infinity and only moving, I believe the 28, it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, my guess is that he's got a chance to start opening day for the Marlins in 2021. Um, I think there's a chance at that. Yeah. Patino potential closer with San Diego, like him too. drew waters. Don't ignore him. This guy's got a chance to be uh, a special player too. high average, uh, you know, 20 home run guy. Uh, Sixto Sanchez of the Marlins, probably June or July for this year. And you're right on Keyboom. I think Keyboom's got a chance. I mean, third base is the only shot now, I think, for him. I mean, that's that's basically it. He's not going to be shortstop. No. Signed, signed that's where I think you want him. I think he profiles better as a third baseman anyway, well, personally. Well, he'll have to beat out his dribble Cabrera. If not, he'll head to the minors and then get a chance later in the season. But Keyboom's one to keep an eye on, no doubt. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out of Fantasy Sports today. The best of the first hour next. And then hour number two, we continue our discussion of baseball, some Super Bowl props, and of course, the passing of Kobe Bryant. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. The important thing for me is to, you know, recognize, especially the fact that he's a father and Certainly the wife lost a husband and, and lost one of her kids. But to see the reaction always on social media is a pretty good indicator to me about a person because it seemed to me that virtually whoever you were in sports over the last 24 hours, uh, Kobe Bryant has made some sort of impact on them. I mean, universally. I mean, you're talking about 
from Michael Jordan to Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, and, and not only that, doing it on social media in a place where you look and and someone is is mentioning something about Kobe Bryant. And then you look at when the last time they tweeted anything and it's like maybe a year or two, you know, like it's that kind of impact where people have been uh, making it a point to make sure that they have said something for sure. And so, you know, it's important, I think, you know, also to to share, you know, personal memories of that. And so how it is affected and certainly uh, I've had a chance to interview Kobe Bryant before. I did not know him personally, so I can't you know pretend to say that. But the impact for me is that when when he's in his heyday and of course, and when he is playing for the Los Angeles Lakers is at a time where I was also covering the NBA and covering the Miami Heat and you know, the Heat had a run where they won a championship with Shaq and, uh, you know, moving over to the Lakers and, and joining Dwayne Wade. But before that was really when uh, Kobe was, was winning those championships with Shaq. And that was very similar to uh, when LeBron James came into the league in Cleveland. Like it was a must see game 